The value of the renewable energy market is set to grow from $880 billion to nearly $2 trillion by 2030. Artificial intelligence is having a transformative effect across the energy and utility sectors. It is used to forecast demand and manage the distribution of resources to ensure that power is available at the time and place it's needed with a minimum of waste. Additionally, as we transition to a decentralized model of power generation and distribution, AI will also play an important role in coordinating the integration of these networks. The strategy here is to create an intelligent coordination layer that sits between the power infrastructure and homes and businesses where power is consumed. To give us greater clarity on how AI and other emerging technologies, including digital transformation, will reshape the future of the energy sector, we are joined by Mr. Luis Gonzalez, General Manager for Data Innovations in the Power Industry of Avoidis Data Innovation. Luis, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Compared to other industry sectors like retail, financial services, how would you describe the state of modernization or transformation in the utility and energy sectors? For the utility energy sector, there was always a lot of data generated. In fact, when I started working in the 90s, there was a significant amount of work being done towards smart meters eventually, a vast collection of data. So it is not necessarily the same as other industries where you would say there were never really digital natives. You know, there are setups of control systems or distributed control systems, historians, and other collections of data that existed, especially in the asset-centric world. The real problem was that decisions weren't done with data and that the ability to make decisions related heavily on processes and procedures, which meant you didn't really necessarily have to corroborate the data because as long as the process and procedure was done and followed, you would have an eventually an efficient operation or a compliant operation, which is the other thing. It was very much left to compliance. So the state of maturity is really measured more by the cultural ability to adopt data-centric decisions, which is not necessarily something that is intuitive. And why isn't? because we operated power plants or generation operations or distributed operations for 50, 70 years without having to control too much the difference in the data. It was not very volatile. It was a very stable business. So we fell, I would say, a bit lazy into the fact that the procedures and the standards were so well-defined that as long as you followed, you didn't really need to question whether you were making the right decision. So there is an underutilization of our data. That's the best way to design it in the, in the utility space or the energy space. And there's an over-reliance on procedures and uh, standards to make decisions. And the hardest part of it has been transition to the fact that that will no longer help us when we're trying to transition to things like renewable power, where we're trying to allow for competition in, in energy markets, or eventually when we're trying to make our plants more resilient and less prone to failure. So that's perhaps the best way to describe it. If we had to look back at some of the issues that are facing the leaders of the energy sectors, what would you say are the main drivers calling for the modernization of the energy sector? The, the modernization of the energy sector has definitely been under a lot of stress prior to digital. Energy sufficiency has definitely been one of them. There's a lot of countries where people still don't have access to power or where the kilowatt hour is too expensive for certain sectors of the economy to be able to afford it. Then um, there was a significant amount of work done towards competition improvements. And, and that competition drives efficiency. And our model of generalized centralized power is very inefficient. We lose about 60% of our energy generated to just the distribution 
distribution and transmission paradigm. So the industry was already under a lot of pressure to improve itself, to facilitate competition. And digitalization really just accelerated that to the end degree, because now models that we didn't think were possible before are now possible. And the ability to self-sustain a small grid without centralized power is also now possible and accelerated by digital. So if you think about it that way, we were an industry under a lot of transformational pressure that just got thrice accelerated from the advent of application of digital. I did mention at the beginning, there are quite a number of emerging technologies that are influencing or a lot of businesses, including the energy sector. If we look at them, these technologies like cloud, big data, mobility, IoT, machine learning, sorry, and AI, which of these are drawing the most interest among leaders in the energy sector and why? And how do you see the sector adopting these technologies as part of their transition to a, I guess, a more modern way of doing business? So if we divide these technologies between what's inferential statistics, what helps us predict the future and prescribe it versus descriptive statistics, what helps us just describe what's going on, I think that there's a lot of attention in the descriptive side to start because it answers the question of what is happening and what happened in the past. And these technologies have been very useful at defining whether the right decisions are being made. I think especially now energy operators that are looking to improve their capital allocation increase their revenues, maybe moving to a services model rather than just an electron-based payment. They're now going into the inferential aspect, right? Can we predict where the markets are doing? Can we uh, prescribe perhaps a better way for energy to be conserved? And then move more into that services you know, aspect of things. So machine learning is, is being looked after a lot. The area of the hype you would say, it's now moving away. I think they, everyone understands that learning from data is required, not just having it, but doing something with it. And I think that the other big change that's happened is we have now agreed that working in cloud is manageable and cost-effective. Before, there was a lot of resistance to the cloud because of costs, and more so not necessarily because it, it costs more, but, but because it costs more to learn how to maintain secure. And there was a lot of it, you know, lack of education around it. So we've believe that more flexible models like the ones we do in an ADI, securing data in platforms that perhaps are not necessarily all on-premise, and the application of machine learning is being the most sought after in the last, I would say, two years. COVID really did help in accelerating that curve. The other thing that we've been hearing quite a bit lately is this uh, ESG. Well, we're talking about renewable energy and that's in the same, that's ESG already. How do you see some of the technologies you mentioned influencing or, or enabling operators in the utility sector to actually meet these ESG aspirations? It is critical to understand the best mode of operation, what we, we call in the industry, introducing operational flexibility. Mm. And let me explain. Uh, we divide normally the way that we distribute power into base load and peak load, meaning the thing that you always get you know, at the base that everyone's going to use no matter what. And peak load is the alternating demand depending on time, season, etc. What these technologies help us do is it helps us build a bit of a hybrid model where we're using less on the base load and reacting faster to the peak load so that less power gets wasted, right? Which is one of our biggest problems. We're actually quite a wasteful industry of, of our product, which are electrons. Now, that being said, the 
understanding on when best to have available power is one of the biggest and most important questions that need to be answered when you put renewables in. There is a lot of misconceptions thinking that we'll just move to a world where pure solar will make us sufficient. And it is a misconception because the demand on power is going to continue to increase. If you think of, ironically, AI is a very power-hungry advent, right? It's a very power-hungry exercise. So the increasing productivity in our economies will demand that we have really power-intensity capabilities, and not all of it will come from renewables. So the real future is going to be, how do you facilitate a hybrid model that switches fast from centralized to distributed, and that also facilitates the implementation of things like carbon capturing, like ammonia operations, in reducing as best as we can those carbon-centric forms of generation, right? So AI equals flexibility, equals the ability to move from one mode to another mode and disconnect things like oil and diesel plants from the grid so that batteries can be used in combination with that generation capability. One of the things I've learned in the past few years of engaging with business and operational leaders is that we tend to learn from other industries as well. Even though I'm say I'm yeah, purely I'm banking, banking, some of the innovations actually don't come from banking, but from other industry sectors. So by that token, what can the energy sector leaders learn from other industry sectors that can be applied to the business that they are in? I think there's quite a few things. Uh, I I did mention to start perhaps the cultural aspect of it, the ability to fail fast, fail safe. The industry leaders in in our industry require a lot of understanding of how to move agile, how to experiment quickly, how to be okay with failing at certain things and, and learn from it. And I think the examples of digital native industries like social media could be really useful, even though not necessarily easily to translate, right? But hiring more people with different mentalities and approach towards learning is really important. I think also from a perspective of what a utility will become, the grid will be operated almost like a game. We see a lot of reinforcement learning being applied into the future of what the grid will become. So believe it or not, a lot of from the gaming perspective and application of agents to help us make decisions progressively better as we get more and more things right, or the deal of autonomous driving, right, that that uses this reinforcement learning approach will become more and more prevalent in the grid because the grid is going to be hit by generation that is distributed, generation that is centralized, pricing constraints from the market, all having to done within seconds of decision making, which will very quickly exceed the humans and even automation ability to do properly. So we're going to need evolved methods and gamification is definitely one of those evolved methods that we could learn from in the utility space. Deregulation and open market competition, these will eventually come to the energy sector, which has long enjoyed monopoly in the markets. Can you share your views on how leaders in the energy sector can navigate this complex landscape that we are moving into, where the markets are more open and there's competition and regulators tend to be hands-off, not unless it deals with the issue of security and data privacy? In the space of utilities, regulators have been a great source of change because they lobby and have all agendas of competition, which we call liberalizing the markets, meaning being able to buy your power from any source uh, provider and doing retail. Now, this regulation on top of things like carbon credits and curtailment of carbon emissions are going to continuously drive and worry the executives of energy companies. The best way for them to be able to handle this is to have more awareness of the implications of the whole system 
because best way to present to a regular is to present data-driven observations of what happens when X particular market cap is introduced when it comes to a spike in the cost of coal, for example, which is, it sounds very removed from it, but the reality is that there's big implications across the value chain, right? Even one, we could say it's a value network where it's a lot of intricacies connected that very few people have the ability to see them all. So I would say that the more data we have and the more understanding we have of the complexities of our operating grid system, the easier it is to have good conversations with the regulators as to the implications some of those regulations brought in, or maybe the facilitation of what happens if we do a particular piece of regulation as it impacts the kilowatt hour price, as it impacts you know emissions, as it impacts jobs and economic sustainability, right? which is all very important considering factors in Southeast Asia. Now, in all of this discussion that we've had so far, where does Aboiti's data innovation fit uh, uh, as we transition to this more data-driven energy sector? So our role as a data innovation unit is to be able to afford moving faster in the experimentation and development of these solutions on behalf of Aboiti's power. So my role is twofold in that sense. For one side, I advise Aboiti's power on what is the right data journey. But on the other side, I, I try to take on the early failures, the early learnings, the early uh, curation of the right partners across Asia. We're a facilitator of that journey in in a way that the the power industry couldn't do fast enough or nimble enough or cost-effectively enough. And then on the other side, we have a beyond Philippines lookout. We try to understand Southeast Asian problems and see how we could use the Philippines as a testing bed, as a petri dish for incubating some of these problems. Because we know that if we solve, for instance, a problem of renewable reduction of coal thermal plants as it pertains to baseload. It's a problem that Indonesia has, a problem that India has, a problem that Malaysia has, and we could become a great test bed for, for bigger Southeast Asian problems. So it's a twofold relationship we have. We help them look outward and help inward as well. Luis, thank you for joining me on Podcast for Future CIO. Sure. Well, thank you for your time. That was Luis Gonzalez, General Manager for Data Innovations in the Power Industry for Aboitis Data Innovation, on the topic of reshaping the future of the energy sector. You are listening in to Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe. Have a great day and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.